We're in a series kicking off today called All In. It is stirring in my soul, and I'm excited about this series. And I want to talk to you today about two words, follow me, follow me. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I was playing little league baseball, and I had a dream as a kid. I was going to play Major League Baseball as I got into early high school years. I wanted to be a professional football player and play for the NFL. I had these, these dreams of, of scoring touchdowns. And the, 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 the later part of my high school years, I also wanted to be a, a broadcaster in, on ESPN. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and it was excited about that and I gave my life to Jesus Christ my, my senior year in high school. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I still had my plans. I had my dreams and I wanted to go and be a broadcaster, be on ESPN. I was elated, excited about it. So I went off my freshman year to Russellville, Arkansas on a football scholarship and I began to major in communications. I was pursuing the broadcasting degree in communications and can't you hear this bass voice? This can't you hear me communicating right now? And I was going for it. And all of a sudden, my freshman year in college, playing football, pursuing my communications degree, I began to sense a wrestling in my heart from God. And I began to sense God saying, Herbert, I am calling you to full-time vocational ministry. And I sensed it. I sensed this tug. And, and I thought, God, you've got the wrong person. There's just, it can't be me because I grew up in a small town in Wewoka, Oklahoma, and and the, most of the pastors that I knew in my small town were not in full-time vocational ministry. Many of them drove in from Oklahoma City or from Shawnee or from Tulsa or from some other town. And they would drive in to Wewoka and just preach on Sunday. And they had their jobs throughout the week. And so in my context, in my framework, I thought there's no way I can be in full-time vocational ministry. And so I began to pray. I began to fast. I began to seek God. And I sensed deeply that God was saying, follow me. Herbert, I am asking you to give up your dreams and your plans and to follow my dreams and my plans for your life. It was a gut-wrenching decision. It was a tough decision. But my freshman year of college, I decided after that year to leave my football scholarship because I felt God was calling me to go get biblical training to be in full-time vocational ministry. It was tough. It was a difficult decision. But the true adventure of following Jesus Christ did not begin until I went all in. I said, Jesus, because before I went all in, you know what I was doing? I was asking Jesus to follow me. I wasn't following Jesus. I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus at 17, but I was still saying, Jesus, follow me. But when I went all in, when I left my full football scholarship, that was the day I stopped asking Jesus to follow me, and I started following Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Whose 
following who? Are you following Jesus or are you asking Jesus to follow you? You see, when many people give their life to Christ, they want Jesus to follow them. Hey, Jesus, come on out. You, you have my life, but here's what I want. I want you to follow behind me, and I want you to bless me and help me and meet my needs and bless my plans and bless my dreams. And yet, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we're supposed to start following him. His plans, his dreams, his ways, his direction. What Jesus wants from every single one of us is he wants us to go all in. All in. When I say the words all in, this is what I'm talking about. Going all in is dethroning ourselves and enthroning God. It's giving God veto power with our lives. It's surrendering all of you to all of him. It's going all in and all out for the all in all. And Jesus is saying two words to each of us today. Follow me. Go all in. Jesus gives us a parable of what it looks like for us to go all in. I, I want us to look at this parable in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. And the scripture says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. The treasure represents a relationship with God. It represents you and I following God. And the Bible says that the man sold all he had to buy the field so that he could have the treasure. He sold everything, house, cattle, crops, clothes, and then he bought the field. You see, this man realized that some things are worth everything. Some things are worth everything. And the something that is worth everything is knowing and following Jesus Christ. Jesus is worth everything. He is worth everything. And Jesus is worth going all in for. And the disciples knew that Jesus was worth everything. When you study the disciples, the early church, you see that they really knew, not just with their lips, but with their heart, with their life, that Jesus is worth everything. I want you to notice in Luke chapter 5, and let's look at the disciples. It says in verse 27, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Follow me. Listen, people's church, Northwest, Midwest City, what you do with those two words, follow me, will determine the course of the rest of your life. What you do with those two words will determine the course of your life. 
It'll determine if you live a mediocre, average, mundane, fearful life, or if you will live an audacious, bold, faith-filled life in Jesus Christ. It'll determine if you live a self-centered life or a God-centered life. It'll all hinge on those two words, follow me. And in verse 28, the Bible says about Levi, it says, so Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Levi went all in. Levi realized, I have found the treasure, and the treasure of Jesus Christ, he is worth everything. And Levi, who was a grown man who had a tax collector's business, that day, because the King of kings and the Lord of lords said, follow me, he left his job, his tax collector's business, and he followed Jesus Christ because some things are worth everything. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 says this about so a couple of other disciples, it says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net in the water, for they fished for a living. They had a fishing business. Verse 19, Jesus called out to them, come Follow me. Here's what I want us to understand today. Every single one of us, Jesus is whispering those words to our hearts. In different areas of our lives where we're going our own way, where we're saying, God, I want you to follow me. You follow me. I got my own plans, my own dreams. I got my own ways. I got my things that I want to do. And Jesus is whispering right now in areas of our lives, would you quit asking me to follow you? And would you follow me? What you do with those two words will determine the course of the rest of your life. And Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, come follow me. And he goes on to say, and I will show you how to fish for people. Jesus says, listen, Peter, Andrew, if you go all in, if you follow me, I will use your life in a great way. I will do great things through your life. I will use you to make a great impact for my kingdom. I will do extraordinary things through your life. But it hinges on these two words, guys. Follow me. What you do with those two words will determine the course of your life, Peter and Andrew. Follow me. And the scripture goes on to say in verse number 19, or excuse me, verse 20, it says, and they left their nets at once. Come on, all of our locations, everybody say these two words, at once. I want you to notice that. They left their nets at once, no hesitation, no debating. No questions and followed him. They made the right choice and followed Jesus. They surrendered all of them to all of him. And verse 21 says, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come to come. Jesus simply said, follow me. Verse 22, immediately. Come on, everybody, all of our locations. Everybody say, immediately. I want you to catch this. Immediately. 
no hesitation, no debating, no questions. Hey, Jesus, how's this going to work out? Jesus, we're leaving our business, our fishing business. Jesus, how much you paying? You got any benefits? You got a retirement plan? I mean, Jesus, you're asking us to follow you, to go all in. No questions. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. What you do with those two words, follow me, will determine the course of your life. And the disciples realized some things are worth everything. They went all in. They left their fishing business. They, they had collected boats. The father, their father had built a business, and they had taken it over with their father. They had clientele, people buying fish with them. They were making a living. They were able to take care of their family, pay their bills with this fishing business, and they encountered Jesus at that very moment. They realized some things are worth everything, and they went all in. No hesitation, no questions. They went Immediately. What makes you hesitate in following Jesus? What causes you not to immediately follow Jesus? Jesus is whispering to hearts right now, follow me. In so many different areas, this message is landing, and Jesus is speaking, follow me. What causes you to hesitate? What causes you to pause and say, I don't know if I'm going to follow you, Jesus? Perhaps you think that your plan is better than God's plan. I don't think you would verbalize that, but by your actions, you're saying, God, I, I think I know more about how to run my life. I know more about how to run my relationships and my career and my finances and my retirement and my friendships and my marriage and, and my children and, and my life. I know more than you know, Jesus. I'm not following you. You follow me. Perhaps like many, you're afraid of what will happen if you let go and you let God. You're, you're scared. You're concerned about what will happen with my life if I go all in. If I completely follow Jesus, what will happen with my life? I'm concerned, Pastor. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little scared of what will happen if I go all in. But your real concern shouldn't be if you let go of your life and follow Jesus. Your real concern should be if you hold on to your life and follow yourself. That should be the real concern. It's not letting go and letting God. It's holding on and following your own ways and your own plans and your own dreams. Here's what Jesus says in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he's talking to a large crowd. They're intrigued by Jesus. They're seeing miracles. They, they think they want to follow Jesus and be his disciples and be used for his glory. And, and Jesus says to a large crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you're talking like it. You're hanging around me. But if you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. You see, going all in for Christ is about losing our life for the sake of Christ. You see, we come to Christ full of ourselves, and God wants us to come. That's why he says deny yourself. Pick up your cross. You're full of yourself. You say you want to follow me, but you're full of yourself. And God wants us to come and empty ourselves of ourselves and allow him to fill us with himself. That's what going all in is all about. We don't really find our life until we lose it. We don't really start living until we go all in. We don't really get to see God do the amazing exploits through our life that he desires until we go all in and we empty ourselves of ourselves and let God fill us with himself until we say, God, I'm going to quit asking you to follow me and I have decided to follow after you. That's when we really start living. I think about the disciples, fishermen, one's a doctor, one's a tax collector, and Jesus is saying those words to them, follow me. It was at that moment, I want you to understand, it was that pivotal, defining moment when Jesus said, follow me, they had a choice. They could have stayed where they were. They could have been comfortable. They could have been mediocre. They could have been average and not listen to the voice of God and just, and just continue to live their life and build their fishing business and their tax collecting business. They could have just stayed where they were. But the adventure didn't really begin until they left it all to follow Jesus. And I think about the outcome of the disciples' lives. The only reason that I'm preaching about them today is because they went all in. Can I tell you, their story would look totally different if they didn't go all in and follow Jesus. And Jesus used them to perform miracles and to see people saved and healed and delivered. Jesus used them in tremendous ways to start churches. And some of the disciples wrote some of the New Testament inspired by God to write the New Testament. You see, friends, God used their life in a powerful way. But the only reason that God blew their mind and did more through them than they ever thought or imagined, the hinging point, was their willingness to go all in and follow Jesus. Their life would look completely different if they didn't go all in. People's church, you're only one decision away from a totally different life. I want you to hear me today. You're only one decision away from a totally different life, a life that will be used powerfully by God. This is going to be one of the toughest decisions that you'll ever make in your life to surrender at all. The places in your life where you're fearful and you're scared and you think you know better than God, than God, that moment when you decide to surrender it all and say, God, I will follow you. I'll follow your leading. I will follow your voice. It's at that moment you really start living living, when you let go of your life instead of trying to hold on to it and you put it in Jesus' hands, it's at that moment that God begins to use your life in ways that will blow you away. I think about my journey of leaving the scholarship, didn't know where I was going, through following the voice of the Lord 
ended up with a biblical studies degree and a minor in psychology. And at the university I graduated from, if, if it wasn't for following God, I would have never met Tiffany. If it wasn't for following God and going all in, we would have never started an evangelistic traveling ministry. If it wasn't for following God and going all in, I would have never been to Malawi, Africa, Uganda, Africa, the Ukraine, ministering to thousands of people. I would have never, if it wasn't, I could have stayed where I was. I could have stayed comfortable, but it was going all in that I've literally been to almost every state in America preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing lives change. He's blown my mind. He's blown my mind, but it only happened because I said, God, I'm willing to go all in. And I'll never forget April of 2001 when we were having a traveling ministry. God was blessing as a full-time evangelist. One of the things that you covet is to have a full calendar. And our calendar was full a year or two in advance. We're scheduled out. We're preaching. The ministry is being fruitful. God is blessing. It's everything that we dreamed of when God called us to be evangelists. And Tiffany and I are excited. We're pumped about the future. And then God speaks to us to leave full-time evangelism, Herbert, Tiffany, follow me and start a church where, you know, at that moment you're like, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Things are going good. But again, we, we left everything. And we came with no support, no people, nobody writing us checks. And we started a church. We pushed all of it, to the, everything that we had saved, we pushed it to the table. We wrote checks of $10,000 to buy equipment ourselves. We just pushed everything we had to the table and said, God, we will follow you wherever you tell us to go. And I look now back 12 years later on the lives that have been transformed and the things that God has done beyond our imagination. But it all started when we heard the voice of Jesus say, follow me. And what you do with those two words will change the course of your life if you follow him. People's church, there are three areas as a church that we believe the Lord is calling all of us to go all in. Time, talent, and treasure. If you're new to People's Church, we call that being a dream builder. And as I talk for the next few moments about going all in, here's what I want you to do. Would you quiet your spirit and your heart and your mind? And would you say, Jesus, speak to me. Let me hear your voice. And let me respond to your voice of follow me. Three areas, time, talent, and treasure. The first area and in a few moments, we're going to hand out a, a book, booklet and a card for you that you can pray over because I am one of those preachers that I do preach for life change. Unapologetically, I believe that the Word of God does not return void. I don't believe that we need to just be hearers of the Word, as the book of James says, but doers of the Word. And I'm preaching because I believe the voice of the Lord is speaking to hearts and that God wants you to respond because He wants to do so much more through your life than you can imagine.
community groups. Here's what I'm asking for. There are many of you already involved in a community group. For those of you that are not, I'm asking for the next year. And I'm asking those of you that are involved just, just to remain involved. I'm asking for you to be a minimal, minimum of 15 community groups this next year. That's not a ton. I'm asking for 15. There's 52 weeks. Would you give 15 of them at a minimum to get involved in the community group? Would you make that commitment? The scripture says, Acts 2, verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And all of our dream builders, we ask them to be committed to community groups. Listen, follow Jesus and get involved in biblical community. And here's what I will say to you. Just watch what God does in your life and through your life as you respond to his voice, follow me, follow me. There, there's a second area, time. Time is community groups. Time is community groups. Time, community groups. Number two is talent. That's serving. And there are three areas that we're asking you as dream builders to be committed to, to serve, to go all in for Jesus Christ, no longer asking him to follow you, but now you are following him. And first of all is serve at the church for a minimum of 26 Sundays or 26 Wednesdays or literally 26 hours. Many of you serve every single week, so you blow that away. But I'm talking to people that have not made that commitment. That you're, you're, you're kind of going, Jesus, follow me. I got my own thing. I got my own plans. And you're hearing the voice of God say, no, I, I want you to follow me. I want you to get plugged in. I want you to build what I'm building. I'm building my church. I'm reaching the world. I want you to be a part of my plan. And we're asking for a minimum of 26 hours to serve the church. There's a second area we're asking you to serve, asking you to serve, and that is this, would you serve in our city? I believe with the core of who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ when I read the word of God that God calls his church to get outside of the four walls and to make a difference in our city, in our community, in our world, that God has called us to be light and salt. And I'm asking, would you commit this next year ten, just a minimum of 10 hours. We're going to have outreaches as we do as a church. We're going to go fix up schools. We're going to have day of hope where you can serve and give kids backpacks and haircuts and, and, and medical checkups and so many other things that we'll do to be a blessing. Listen, it could be something that's not connected to people's church. You could go serve at the city rescue mission or serve at Wiz Kids and after school program and tutor kids or serve at the infant crisis center or serve at the regional food bank and provide food for, for those who are hungry. All I'm asking is you get outside of the walls of this church this next year and give 10 hours of giving back and being the arms and feet of Jesus. And of every single one of us, this is actually, that this number is, is really just kind of a low number, a low number. But if all of us, really that's not all of us, commit to 26 hours at the church, 10 hours in the community, 36 hours, that would be 360,000 hours of serving this next year in our church in our city. That, that's just a low number. 10,000 of us, and many more than that, call this place church home. If 10,000 of us said, God, I'm going all in. This is no longer about me. I'm not following me. I'm following you. I'm picking up my cross. I'm denying myself, and I'm going after you to make a difference. There's a third area in serving. This is not a required area as a dream builder, but it is, it just, it's, it's encouraged. And that is served by going on a missions trip around the United States of America, around the world. In March, we're going to go back to New York City again. We're going to go back this summer to Haiti. But I want you to so get involved in getting outside of Oklahoma and going to serve, going with a sole purpose to go make a difference. God's going to use you in a great way, but what he does in, in, in your heart and in your life will be tremendous. 
follow me. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Let's follow Jesus and serve others. Let's serve our church. Let's serve our city. Let's serve our world. Let's begin to allow God to do an amazing thing through our lives. Will you go all in? There's a third area. There's time, there's talent, and number three is treasure. Treasure. This is simply returning the tithe to God, 10% of our income, and giving offerings above the tithe. And I know right now, here's where some of you get all nervous. Oh, gosh, I, I knew he was going to talk about that. And I would just say to you, as your pastor, my heart is that you would quit asking Jesus to follow you. And that you would begin to follow Jesus. This is one of the most difficult areas for people to surrender to God because we really do think we know better than God. And I believe the voice of the Spirit is whispering to hearts, would you quit asking me to follow you? And would you follow me? And as we are faithful to return the tithe, if you're not a tither, that's where it begins, is returning the 10% of your income to the church where you worship. If this is your church home, your tithe belongs at People's Church. If this is not your church home, I just believe this with very much conviction as I study the Word of God. Your tithe does not belong here. It belongs to the church, your church home, where you worship. And we return the tithe to God. And then we want to give offerings. We want to hear the God's voice and give offerings above the tithe here at People's Church to see more changed lives. Next year in 2015, I'm going to talk to you in detail tonight. We're going to launch our fourth location in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm going to talk to you about that tonight and throughout the next several weeks, but Chris and Jamie Smith, who God is doing a beautiful work in their life and marriage, you're going to hear their story. They'll be here live at People's Church on November the 16th, and you're going to get to hear their story of what God is doing and how he was restoring their life, and they're both from Indianapolis, Indiana, and we're going to use them to go and be a trophy of God's grace and to start a People's Church to see more changed lives. That project for Indianapolis will cost us around $500,000 to be able to fund that and to see more lives changed. Here's what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Here's all the scripture is teaching. You can't outgive God. I know some of you believe that with your mind, but you don't believe that with your heart. And I want you to really trust God. I want you to really follow God in this area. You cannot outgive God. Verse 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So the tithe that the Scripture teaches belongs to the Lord. It's not ours. We would turn it to God. It's the first 10% of our income that belongs to God. But when it comes to offerings like Paul is teaching the church at Corinth, we need to pray. We need to all hear from God. God, what are you speaking to my heart to give offerings above the tithe? If God speaks to you to do nothing, do nothing. I want you to respond to the voice of God. If God speaks to you to give above your tithe a dollar, you give a dollar. You, do, you hear God and you follow what God says. Follow me. If God speaks to you to give $100 this next year, you hear the voice of God. If it's 1000 or twenty, dollars $100,000, $1,000,000, all I want you to do is hear the voice of God and respond to his voice. Because the Bible says, God says, you decide in your heart to give what God speaks to our hearts, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. 
And I think about my wife and I, and we've, we've always been tithers. So I just, it's just something we just stepped out in faith uh, before I ever got married. And so when we got married, we just continued to tithe. And there have been many occasions that we've heard the voice of God on offerings. One was starting People's Church and giving thousands of dollars to buy equipment and to start a church and not take a salary for a year. The second year, we were very part-time, and I continued to travel to pay our bills and to eat and to help underwrite the bills of People's Church in that second year. And it was in the third year where People's Church were meeting in the AMC Quell Springs Mall Theater, and we are now at a place to buy our own land and build our very first building right here on Britain Road uh, before we had Midwest City and Northwest. And it was that time I was in my 20s. I was 28, 29, 39 now, and my wife, 26, 27. And we're asking the church to hear the voice of God. And I've always believed as a leader that we lead by example. I've always led the church that way. So we prayed and we sought God. And in our 20s, we just felt like the Lord spoke to our hearts, didn't know how it was going to happen. God said, Herbert, Tiffany, I want you to give $20,000 this next two years above your tithe to buy this land and to build the first building. Get behind me, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. We heard God. We followed him. We began to cut back on our budget, and I was traveling and speaking, and so God opened doors up and just supernaturally, supernaturally provided resources for us to pay our bills, to eat, and to give generously to the kingdom of God. And I can tell you testimony after testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness when we pray and we hear his voice and we follow him. Listen, can I tell you, you're one decision away from a totally different life. It all hinges on what you do with those two words, follow me.